1: Hey everyone, this is Johnny and welcome to episode 133 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I am back with a future update with Steven year
0: What's happening, Johnny? Uh, thank you for having me back. Uh, it's been a wonderful time out here and I just, first of all, I want to thank you not just for being on, but um, thank you for building this tribe out here, actually. Um you know I've, I've been out here on and off for about three years or so and um, you know whenever I talk to the new people coming in and I asked them like how they found out about here most of the people is like through you so it's so it's just amazing and and uh, yeah this is a Chiang Mai itself is a very amazing place to be
1: yeah I love Chiang Mai and when I first started sharing it it was like really just because I love Chiang Mai there, there was no other reason I think I started sharing and talking about Chiang Mai on my old blog myfightcamp.com which I haven't updated in about a year now but it was I was sharing how great the Muay Thai was, how I was getting to be, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, the, the low cost of living, and then when I started talking about when I discovered the nomad world, the business world, and I started talking about that, it was kind of almost like a natural extension.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, that was a great transition for me too because I was I was living up in China and um, I was living off of savings, and eventually I was just like I was first just going to do a visa run. Um, and then I ran into your blog and you talked about dropshipping, and, um, you know, that, that's kind of up my alley because I did eBay stuff before. So I was like, you know what, this, this can be a good chance for me to, uh, make some money again. And, uh, the visa run and turned out, uh, to be me just staying here for quite a while.
1: So, uh. I think there's a lot. The reason why I want to have you on the show is you gave a talk at the Nomad Coffee Club a few weeks ago and you shared your story on kind of everything you, you've done in this last couple of years. So you've stopped dropshipping, you went into something else, then you went to uh, Amazon FBA, you made ton of money, lost a ton of money, making money again. It's, it's a very uh, up and down kind of journey. Um, do you think that with all the ups and downs that this is still coming out here is still a better choice than staying in California?
0: uh for me most definitely um i am not sure if uh, people are wired differently uh um you know for me i i would not be able to stand um going to a job that i didn't like if i actually liked the job maybe i could do it uh but because this gives me the the actual freedom to take control of my own life and if i don't do well that's my fault if i do well that's that's you know my doing and um every time that i make a mistake it it really sucks um by the way, I almost swear. Is it okay to swear on there? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Do whatever right. you want. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, for me, it, it just makes total sense. Yeah. I like it. by the way uh i just realized and i haven't said it yet happy birthday buddy thank you thank you how old are you today
0: 29 29
1: and living in chiang
0: mai yeah it's it's been an amazing journey i, I think uh the very first uh, solo trip that i did was back in i believe 2010 maybe uh i went to peru and then um heh, i made a good good amount of mistakes there but as you go along in life you you learn more and more and and the trip after that was much better and uh, yeah I've, I've just been traveling around I uh, before coming back to Chiang Mai I was in Europe going to different countries um, uh, in a couple of weeks I'm off to uh, Nepal which seems, seems like an amazing place to go to so um just exploring you know
1: yeah I like that so, so you started traveling when you were 23 or at least solo and then it seems like even though we see each other in Chiang Mai pretty often you're you're gone a lot of the year like you've been went in bali a lot as well and some of the places
0: yeah um I've been to different places. I mean, Bali was one of them. I uh, lived in Koh Phangan, which is an island in Thailand, for some time. Uh, in Europe, I went to Greece, uh, Norway, Sweden. Um, but to be honest, um, for me, and I feel like for a lot of people who have like been traveling, this may sound crazy, but traveling is very tiring. Like after a while, I I don't want to travel anymore, and I just want to settle. And for me, Chiang Mai is one of those places that I. I like to kind of just like land and uh get grounded again and kind of just relax not just relax, but it's a very balanced place where i feel like uh whatever i need to get done can be done here while let's say like kopongan when i'm there i don't want to work at all there's uh even if i need to get work done i'll do like the very minimum because it's really hard when it's when it's hot the beach is right there people are half naked it's it's uh yeah so so every
1: place has its uh benefits yeah you know you're not the only one that who has said that uh Chiang Mai to me is like the perfect home base to not, not actually, not just business wise, but even like health wise to get back in a routine, to eat healthy, to exercise on, on a normal routine, get sun, do, you know, do yoga, swim, CrossFit, weightlifting, whatever, like oh, pretty much whatever it is. Fitness wise, it's easy to get a routine here. And then diet wise, even though I'm sure there's some other places in the world that you have a slightly easier access to health food or to like, let's say, like, you know, you would have like a paleo menu. menu in in Thailand it's I don't know it it feels so easy for me actually Chiang Mai is hard
0: diet wise because there's so many good restaurants around that Uh, there's a lot of times I I choose to go to those places uh, but if I was actually wanting to do a better um, regimen for for health um, it is one of the easier ways to find there are health shops around um, and there are uh, you know salad bars around and salad buffets and stuff like that so the options are there
1: I think one of the reasons why it's easier is because everything is so cheap. So even if you order two or three uh, menu items and you just don't eat the ri- the rice it comes with, or you don't eat the bread it comes with, it ends up still being cheaper than go, you know trying to eat healthy in you know back in California, where a meal is going to be like a healthy meal is going to be like twenty six dollars. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Just reminiscing
0: when I first got here and I was just budgeting. It was like five hundred dollars a month or something, and you know you uh, each meal I was just uh, eating the kind of Thai food around and, and it's like 30 baht which is like a dollar or so um and then now you know I'm making uh, much more money so I don't really have to worry about it but still it's like even if I just get whatever on the menu it's still like it's still like at most five dollars I think typically I don't typically it's like three dollars or something
1: yeah and that's what i like about it is no matter like no matter how much your income grows in chiang mai you end up still eating like one or three you know one two or three dollar thai food just because it tastes so good yeah and um you know my my monthly budget uh for myself
0: has raised um and especially living in chiang mai what's wonderful here is like i i don't need to budget you know i don't need to look at it i just kind of buy whatever i want and at the end of the month i'll still have extra money because it's so cheap here what do you think you're spending now on average in chiang mai for this month um well i paid like $500 for a uh, gymnastics course so if we took that out I think it would be around $1,000 1200
1: And that's like without
0: even trying to budget right? That's not trying I mean that's like me getting massages two hours a day like three to four times a week
1: Yeah and actually Steven actually treated me to a two hour massage the other week so thanks for that yeah, yeah you're welcome buddy. Yeah I think nowhere else in the world especially not in the US could you treat a friend to a two hour massage. Unless you're making a shit ton of money but i I think we're doing we're doing doing okay but you know i think even then like how many people do i know like even people who are balling out back home are like
0: oh yeah i got this don't worry about it yeah it's it's just choosing
1: and um yeah just paying it forward so a lot has happened since we last spoke on this podcast which was episode two which means not only was it 130 episodes ago, but it was this, my second episode ever of this podcast. Do you, remember, do you remember that day?
0: You know, it's been a while, but I I, I kind of do. I, I remember it was actually at Pun Space in one of the small rooms. And um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience because that was my first podcast. This might actually be my second.
1: Uh, well, so you haven't gotten an interview with anyone else since since then?
0: Yeah, yeah. Usually, usually I don't like you know putting myself out in public but for, from time to time i'll do it uh and yeah i mean a lot has changed since then i think um in that podcast it was uh it was after i made my first sale on dropshipping, and uh <laughs> it's been quite a roller coaster ride financially life-wise but the the growth that has come from uh since then is just incredible and uh, the journey continues and i'm just excited and excited static of uh what's more to come
1: well i appreciate you sharing it i think that's kind of one of the big benefits of this podcast is we get a lot of people who normally don't do interviews or normally you know either they don't have the time uh or because they're just like normal people you know they're not like out the spotlight but they're able to share their stories and what that allows the listeners to do is see themselves kind of in your in your in your shoes because what we've done out here is very attainable like i think pretty much anyone now nowadays can travel to Chiang Mai, live cheaply and kind of just bootstrap some type of business. I, I don't think there's that big of a barrier to entry anymore. Whether or not they're going to be successful depends on them and how, how hard they're willing to work, how much they kind of pers- persevere and push through. But do you agree that pretty much anyone can at least give this a shot? I mean, whoever actually wants to do this, it's it's totally
0: possible. You know, I mean, even I'm just throwing out some ideas, but like if you really want to do it, let's say even for even for airplane tickets i'm not sure i'm sure johnny posted this but about uh airline points and and you know just spend a thousand two thousand dollars you get a free trip out here you know uh, on one of those airline credit cards. Super simple. And once you're here, it's like the cost of living. You can budget down to four or $500 if you're bootstrapping. If you're, if you're gonna spend a thousand, fifteen hundred, you're gonna be living like a fucking king. Um, and, you know, there's just, you can take, a, a plane an hour away to go to one of the most amazing beaches in the world. So it's there. Now, like Johnny said, one of the most important aspects is if you're gonna do this you, and, and you're just starting, understand you're you're, you are going to be busting your ass um sometimes it can be difficult not sometimes uh especially in the beginning a lot of times and you're just gonna have to learn that that's just part of the process Um, And if you're willing to actually uh, work and if you're willing to actually get yourself to take action on the things that you have to do on a consistent basis, then I feel like um, you'll make it through and you can continue this
1: journey if you want. I I absolutely agree with that. I I would... Try to recommend people budget $600 a month just because it, it makes it a lot easier to live like kind of like a semi-normal life. You can still go to the, you, know, you can get a gym membership, you can get a co-working space membership instead of, you know, being in a your tiny little crap <laughs> studio and, and working alone. I think the reason why I like the $600 range is because it allows you to still kind of be social with other people and still be healthy, which I think is very important when, when starting a business uh, and one of the big benefits of being in Chiang Mai.
0: I think Johnny made a good point. Like I was I was doing like 500 3 years ago and prices have risen a bit so I think 600 is reasonable. You know 4 400 500 you're really bootstrapping it. Uh, 600 at least you're living kind of comfortably
1: yeah uh, and you know but what's crazy is knowing that it is possible to actually live off a $400 a month budget uh, a lot of people do it but I would say those are mainly like older expats that are retired um, maybe some teachers but for the nomad crowd if you want some a little bit of comfort you know you just do like a studio apartment maybe like not walking distance but just a little bit further out and you want to eat you know cheap Thai food every day which is actually really good anyways you probably want to do that <laughs> the first six months you're here but it's possible um, but l- let's actually kind of jump back into where we left the last episode so that was episode two if you guys haven't listened to it it might actually be really interesting for you guys just to pause this and just download it right now because i think that kind of sets the tone of how how like fast life kind of changes so at that i think at the end of the episode you had just you you had just basically moved to chiang mai you started a dropshipping store you made your first sale what happened from there
0: man you're you're making me recollect three years ago huh uh let me see i made my first sale uh i think it was um yeah here we go so it was for a drop shipping store that was selling a martial arts equipment and um it started doing uh decently well i think um i was selling about three a week or something like that and then two three four weeks down the line uh the company that i was actually um buying from they closed down. And the thing about that was it was a custom made product. So every time a customer bought they would have to wait two to three months. So I ended up having to refund almost everybody and uh, I had to shut that one down. Um, And then I ended up starting another dropshipping store um, and that one turned out okay. For about a year or so, it was making 500 bucks. Uh, I'm not sure when that took off, but it did eventually. And then I I did sell it like a year or two later. Um, But one of the pivotal points was about a year after I first came here, uh, I started dating someone and I'm someone who who likes to treat uh, my woman out. So that $500 budget was not working out for me anymore. I started to overspend and when that happens, I ran out of money pretty quickly. Um and that's when I really started to focus on business and not kind of not just the lifestyle. Uh when I did
1: that, so, let's actually pause it because I think there's a lot to learn kind of just in that one section. Um so from the outside in, I think that the biggest mistake you that happened with the, at least your first store, but maybe even your second store, was it was a very limited amount of suppliers, right?
0: Yeah, there was only one supplier yeah. for each of them,
1: actually. Do you think that was, I mean, kind of like it, in retrospect, uh, what lessons can you, did you learn from it? Was there anything you would have done differently?
0: In retrospect, for, for my first dropshipping tr- drop store, I'm not sure if I would have done that because of the, the lag time, the wait time. Uh, just because customers uh, were emailing me, messaging me, uh, asking me what's going on, when are they getting it, stuff like that. And so that can get kind of bothersome. Um, the second one, um, it was just limited. I mean, once I got it up and running, I didn't have to do much. I just had to pass on the, this, the, um, the order to, to my supplier. But other than that, I didn't have to do much. Uh, so I still made money off of it, but it's there was no room
1: to grow. And that's all it went. Um, So to kind of give everyone a hint, uh, just so so we can learn from each other's mistakes and kind of not make your own. uh, If anyone is listening to this and you guys are starting a dropshipping store, one of the things that Anton teaches in his course is to only get into niches that have at least 20 potential suppliers. And this is a big reason for it.
0: Yeah, that's a good tip. And uh, that's probably why after my second store I moved on, and well, it wasn't me moving on. It was me um, putting in a position where I had to. Um, so I was making that five hundred dollars a month, but it wasn't enough. So I ended up working uh, for for a buddy of mine. He needed some extra help, and. Uh, he was just absolutely destroying it at that time and making thirty, forty thousand dollars a month. Uh, I think Johnny had th- him on your podcast. Yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, uh, actually, before we get to that, so it sounds like that that first kind of stage, I guess, your first stage of of being a nomad, it, it was good for the time being. Like it, 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 kind of served its purpose. You know, you learn from it. Uh, it, it was bringing in enough money to live. Kind of like the cheap life in Chiang Mai, mm. but then eventually, you like you had to outgrow it. You are like, I am done with this. Uh, how much did yeah. you sell that store for, by the way?
0: Uh, if if I remember correctly, I think it was like around like eight thousand or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's not
1: bad actually. Right? It's not bad. It's
0: okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: So that was kind of chapter one, um and then chapter two was with Derek, who was actually on episode ninety nine of this podcast, uh, and he was crushing it. He was making thirty thousand dollars a month in profit. Yeah. spring
0: it it was incredible and for me um i went in and you know he he was not paying much and I can't blame him uh, but what I most what I actually wanted to do going in was actually learn what he was doing to make that amount of money um, because he was absolutely just killing it and I was like I was spending a good amount of time doing this drop shipping store and you know I can only tweak so much on my website so I ended up working with him and what I did was I was just very efficient and effective with the work that he gave me it was a lot of grunt work at first but that was okay for me because because, you know i i expected that i was the new person coming in um but i did it very quickly and i asked him for more work why because when i asked him for more work he would give me another piece of the puzzle and as i learned more and more and more about this business model about a month later i was actually able to understand the whole system of how how he is making money with this business. Um, and then after that month, month and a half...
1: Well, so let's pause there as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, Derek was basically working his butt off out uh, of pun space as well, uh, where me and Steven were, were both at. So it's almost kind of one of those things where another big benefit of being in Chiang Mai is kind of the networking, because you probably never would have met this guy if it wasn't for being in Chiang Mai, if it wasn't for being in the co-working space, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the most incredible things about... Uh, working at a co-working space especially che because chema is a place where it's like people are doing so many different things and uh you, you get to like you get to kind of pick their brain you get to see what they're doing um and just see a whole different side of internet's business and you're just like whoa I, I didn't even know that this was possible I didn't even know this was going on
1: yeah and, definitely Uh, so what had happened was Derek wanted to scale uh, his business and he was working like 12 hours a day by himself yeah. so he wanted to hire a couple interns or a couple you know people to do kind of like the, the grunt work as you said and he yeah. paid you guys like pretty low monthly wage right mm-hmm. but it was like a, was it a set salary yeah it was a set salary okay, so it was enough to like get by but it wasn't like it wasn't was it was, do you remember how much it was
0: yeah uh, Um, I don't think it really matters, but I think it was like $500 a month or something like that.
1: Okay. So like, just like a standard, like basically, you know, basically like a, like what you would pay a low level intern, right? Like someone that, like just an assistant. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, it was smart that you went in with the idea of working above that pay grade. Mm. I think a lot of people would have done the bare amount of work possible Mm. and said, okay, well, let me just keep collecting this 500 bucks
0: yeah well here's the thing derek uh, when i came in he already had uh two people in there and then after i started working there was another person there and what i saw was the other three they were working as if that was their job i was looking at it as if i was being mentored about this business and that's why i you know there are times when um we didn't get uh done with the work four hours later I would stay back. I would finish it. Even after those hours, I would I would study and see uh, more about what's happening uh, within the system. Like, uh, how does that work? And and piecing things together so that, you know, eventually I can do this myself.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very smart way to go. Uh, I think one mistake that Derek actually made, I actually talked to him about this, mm-hmm. was I suggested to him that, in the beginning it actually made a lot of sense to to give people a flat rate because you know it's they are basically just doing grunt work but to kind of discourage people from going out and doing it on their own i think what he should have done was he should have done like a profit share after, uh, like after that initial month of training or something, and say this is how much we're making per month now. Yeah. Anything above that, here's your percentage of that profit. Mm. And I think a lot of people would have stayed on and said, you know what, I can continue to mentor, you know, be mentored by this person. I could probably make just as much, if not more, getting a percentage of, um, of the profits with him yeah. than trying to do it on my own and taking that risk. You know, what was really funny though. Um, when I started launching my own, I, I had this great idea for a,
0: for a t-shirt template and uh, I went to him because there was this last little piece that I didn't know just yet. And I went to him and I was like, you know, what? I got this great idea and I'll split it 50-50 with you. And then I don't think he thought uh, it was going to work. And so he said no, but he taught me that last piece anyways. Now went ahead and and, and did it, and um, that month I made twelve thousand profit.
1: Awesome, <laughs> <laughs> going, going from zero to five hundred dollars a month of profit to twelve thousand in profit, which is insane.
0: Yeah, and, and here's another thing I want to mention about that as well. It's like twelve thousand is amazing, but um, I told this in a talk as well. Uh, you know, after making that amount of money, I was I was uh, at a Uh, Korean barbecue place. There was like 10, 12 people there. One of the people asked uh, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you? I said it was like a two or three because at that time I was working my ass off. It was literally like, yeah, 12 hour days, 14 hour days, like six days a week, seven days a week. And I was just burnt out. My sex drive was low. Everything was just like, you know, shit so that was a big lesson for me that money is not everything and so from there i knew i had to transition into something that was uh, more passive and more reasonable
1: you know what's crazy and i'm so glad you brought that up uh is i mean everyone listening to this right now is like jumping on Teespring, <laughs> like yeah. thinking like this is it johnny thanks so much for sharing the you know the twelve thousand secret <laughs> but here's the the big secret is neither Steve or Derek do Teespring anymore and it's exactly for that reason Mm. Uh, is because it's it's so much work so much stress and the worst thing about it is that once you stop doing it that money just dries up it's not like like you're not getting any reoccurring passive income from that right no not at all
0: and so I knew that the next business model that I had to choose there had to be some kind of passive income happening
1: I, I like that. So actually, during that time, I was sitting pretty much right next to you guys on the same table, and I saw you know, the money coming in. I saw like, you know, like every time, like every day, like, you know, there'd be an update like, oh, today we made $2,000, today we made, you know, $4,000, or whatever it was. And I kept thinking like, man, should I be getting on this? You know, is, is this something I should learn? And luckily, you know, me and Derek are friends. So I, I asked him, I was like, you know, I was like, can you, Is is this something that I should get into? And... He and I said, You know, do you mind just explaining to me like everything that's involved? What I need to learn to do this because I wanted to kind of make an informed decision like, should I stay on the path that I I was on, or should I jump ship onto this new hot, you know? new hot path and he explained to me like the whole you know everything that was kind of involved and then, and then I looked at his I was like the number like the amount of work that I was going to take and I knew I could do it but it was going to be a 12 hour day like I knew it was not going to be you know easy and the main reason why I didn't do it is because I saw it as like a hot fad I thought do I want to try to make 10 grand this month or 20 grand this month from Teespring? Which not just Steven and, um, and Derek are making, there, there were quite a bit of people who were killing it that, and, that I knew personally too. So I knew the, the, it was working, but I also knew that it was one of these these kind of fads that once you stop doing it or once it dries out, or once it gets oversaturated, which all three were probably going to happen, that it was it was gone. So I actually had chose to stay on my path and just keep doing what I was doing, even though at that time, I think if you guys go back to the uh if you go back to whatever month that was, my ink my total income was like 5 grand or 6 grand a month. It wasn't that much, but I knew that if I, you know, f- spent the same amount of time and energy during that time to build up what I'm building, it would eventually be worth more and it would be sustainable.
0: Yeah, it was a very smart move. You you were looking at it for the long run. Uh, While at that time for me, it was was, uh, mainly coming from a survival mindset, which is not a good position to be. Um, But fortunately, I did get out of that and then the lesson was learned pretty quickly um and then uh, i was able to transition out of that uh and then, then the next kind of business model that came uh was is called amazon fba uh and that was something that i was quite interested in because i could see the passive income potential on this one um and uh it it did require a higher startup cost um but uh I had the first I had the capital that I made there and uh, and I'll give a warning when you make your big bucks uh, in the beginning, don't get over cocky because uh, there's more challenges to come. So I ended up, you know, Amazon FBA. I was like, all right, I'm going to go all in with this. I I used that 12K. I got five, six other 0% APR cards launched and used pretty much all of that credit uh, and also another tip uh, if you find a good mentor listen to what he says what he or she says and what the criteria is because i listened to part of the criteria but not all of it and i'll tell you what the first product that i did was a headache and a half it was fucking miserable after a while um i remember it was like three four five months in looking at my credit card statements and i was like 60 grand in credit card debt and uh it was just horrendous having to deal with that uh luckily I, i was able to get myself out of that situation um it was quite painful that I almost decided not to do Amazon FBA anymore, but I uh, I just kept going. Um, and with that experience I had with the first product in a uh, crazy competitive niche, I entered uh, niches that were much less competitive, and I was able to dominate, get on the first page, make money, and you know, money right now is sitting pretty, pretty well. And I I really haven't worked since. Uh, uh, March. So that's been like seven, eight months.
1: That's awesome. That's another entire chapter of your story. Uh, so far, we had gone from going, making 500 bucks a month with drop shipping and then making 500 bucks a month as an intern to making $13,000 a month doing your own crazy Teespring campaigns. Hmm. Then going 70 or 60 grand in debt, trying to do Amazon FBA. And then now, can I, can I ask how much you're clearing a month now? Um, typically it's been around 10k this
0: month i don't know um if it's if it's just the month or it's something with my products it has gone down to like six seven uh but i'm okay with that for now because i know once november december hits those uh the numbers usually triple to quadruple um and I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just, I, even it's weird because even though the money has dropped, I'm, I'm still not that financially focused at the moment to get scared or anything to go in and, and, you know, try to you know, do something about it.
1: Okay, yeah, that, That's awesome, dude. Congratulations on, on Thank all you. that success. It's, I'm happy you were able to pay off those credit cards yeah. because that would have been like once that, you know, the 0% APR ended mm. at 24.98% or something mm. that would have destroyed you yeah yeah. Uh, so I guess you know part of it is is high risk high reward uh, I'm sure you learned a lot from from that first product as well as taking everything out uh, but a really good points that you made is you know if, if you're part of a course if you have a mentor they tell you to do something don't ignore half the advice and just do the half that is um, is easy for you or that is uh, pleasing to the ear <laughs> yeah it's like you have to do the whole thing mm, absolutely absolutely um, especially if you
0: find a good mentor and they know exactly what they're talking about. Um, in the beginning, listen to everything that they say. Once you actually understand it, if you if you have kind of like a spin or something on it, maybe you can do it. But especially in the beginning, like follow the formula because it works. Yeah,
1: I, absolutely. I, I, I highly agree with that. Actually, even with, with job I mean, with my second store, I went a little bit out of Anton's criteria. He has like a price range of products that he likes to sell. Mm. And I was like, ah, you know what, let me just go like a little bit over it. Hmm. But I think because I had the experience of running the other stores, I knew I could make it work. Yeah. But I almost feel like if I had tried that for my first store, it, it would have failed for sure. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, for your for your FBA business, how many products do you have now, and how many how many have you had? So I guess my question would be, how many have you had total? How many of them were success, and how many of them uh, weren't a success?
0: Um. To be honest, I don't know the exact number, but I will say about half of them did not make it and half of them did. Um, And I am still making money off of it because the half that didn't make it, it was the initial cost that I put in. While the ones I did, I'm reinvesting the money into it. So it pays off at the end.
1: Okay, so the the 10K, so you're making around 10K profit a month right now. And then how much of that are you reinvesting to buying inventory? Um, I mean, now it's, it's, like I said, I haven't really
0: focused too much on it. So it's whenever the inventory is needed, I'll just order. Um, So I'm not calculating. Like before, my goal was to actually get. My bank account, uh, my business bank account, close to zero because I would be I would be putting more inventory. I would be um, looking for more products and uh, putting money on those initial products. But now, because uh, I'm I'm transitioning into something else, um, you know, I'm, I'm just allowing what I have to run uh, while I explore other options.
1: You know, the really th- interesting thing about FBA was that was besides Teespring, that was the only other business that I saw a lot of people doing super well with uh, in my soul circle at the coworking space, that I was really considering thinking like, am I stupid for not jumping in on this? And it was a really hard decision i I think i actually like i i had like sleepless nights trying to just just think should i stay on my path or should i should i get into this because obviously it was working Mm -hmm. i think now kind of looking back i'm glad i didn't go into it not that i wouldn't have made money i think i honestly think i would have made quite a bit of money from it Mm -hmm. but i also think that it would have taken me on a on a whole new like a whole different path yeah. And my advice to kind of everyone out there listening to this is if you're happy on your path and you see that you can grow and become more and more successful on it, stay on that path. Don't chase the shiny object. Yeah. But if you haven't started something yet, background analyze what is working with other people and then just jump on, jump in, you know, head first. Maybe don't jump in too head first and take out six uh, credit cards. But you know, have faith in yourself, kind of invest a little bit and and go for it. Yeah, it's very sound advice because
0: um, like that's what's happening right now is I, I've jumped into all these different kind of fads of business models. And what I found is after a while, you know, in the, in the beginning stages, it's, it's kind of fun. And it's kind of exciting. And it's new. But after a while, I'm just looking at this stuff and it's like, do I really want to continue doing this? Not Really, what do I really want to do? And I'm in the position right now where you know uh, money is comfortably coming in, so I do have the the freedom to to choose uh, wisely now and to choose uh, from my heart what I actually want to be doing. Because yeah, I look around the the world nowadays, and there's so many people just doing jobs that they don't like and it's fucking horrendous you know
1: I almost kind of felt that way even with Amazon FBA uh, and the the reason why I never got excited about it is I knew that most likely whatever product I chose wouldn't be something I was passionate about it would kind of just be like doing the research seeing what what's trending what you can what you can rank for and then private labeling that product from China and you know not really like it wouldn't probably wouldn't have been something that I was like proud of you know it's kind of like me just kind of selling some you know okay or crap item with a better with better stock images better you know uh, better descriptions more keywords and lots of reviews
0: yeah absolutely I mean I mean I won't give away my particular products but let's say like I would just do uh, research and I find that scrub brush is making a lot of money i'd be like ooh, that's a winner i'm gonna do that but at the end of the day i give zero fucks about scrub brushes and after a while like i i mostly won't even buy the products that i sell and for me um it's starting to get to a point where it's it there's like moral and ethical uh uh back draws to to that particular business model because you know i i want to i want to be able to emit high quality uh contents products whatever it is but in this particular business model it's usually shit products and so there's a conflict within me and uh, that's why I'm switching out of it.
1: I think this is actually a big downside and kind of it's going to lead to the fall of Amazon. Right now, I think everyone's thinking, oh, that's impossible. Like we buy everything on Amazon. It's so convenient. We love it. You know, they have like the one day shipping or Prime, one hour shipping with Prime. I think that even though Amazon is trying to clean it up now, they, they just introduced a new rule where now they no longer... Uh, allow bot reviews or um, reviews of free products or discounted products which is going to really kind of discourage or make it harder for people to create a new product and create artificial hype through reviews Mm. but I think people number one all the existing ones are out there, and there are literally tens of thousands of products already that are established with game reviews. Mm-hmm. Those are going to remain up there, and it's going to be really hard for a new product to, to come in and kind of and beat them, even if they're a better product. Um, and personally, as a customer, I actually don't shop on Amazon anymore mm-hmm. because I see through the the bullshit yeah like when I was trying to buy some accessories for a GoPro I could not find a quality product that wasn't some you know FBA'd uh, Chinese knockoff with a you know with fancy photos and fancy marketing and and fake reviews yeah and I just decided you know what I don't even want to buy this anymore yeah (laughs) yeah Um, well one thing is
0: I just noticed today that they they're actually knocking out the uh, discounted reviews so at least for one of my products about a hundred reviews were re- uh, removed and you know it is what it is but it- <laughs> um yeah the amazon marketplace is definitely changing it-, it is starting to be filled with cheap products it-, it might end up turning out to be like walmart or some shit like that but yeah that's that's why i'm moving on uh it's something that's uh, i i just don't desire to do anymore um you know it, w- it was good at the time it's provide it's provided me enough financial stability where i was able to switch from a, a fear-based uh, s- uh money uh, mentality to kind of like i am free i i have the ability now to relax my mind to really see what i actually want to put out in the world
1: and i think it's really important uh and i you know i congratulate you for, for getting to that point Thank you. i think this is a point that everybody should get to to really make a big difference in the world to really start being able to create products that help the world or help society or are innovative um, or unique. You know, I think that it's almost kind of like in the beginning you kind of have to just grind your teeth and do a business that makes money you know whether it's work a job that maybe you don't love but you can learn something from Where you can, it can um, help you save up enough money for you to invest in the next thing you want to do or give you the time to do it but I think it's really really important for everyone to kind of have the goal and say when at what point do I start doing something I really love doing is it a financial point I need to ha- save up X amount of money and then I can go do what I want to do or is it do I need to learn x skills and then i can do it or even time like you know do i want to just enjoy a year you know a year of living in thailand on the cheap and just kind of detox and relax uh, maybe have time for health and fitness and then i'm gonna you know crush it
0: yeah i mean i think those are definitely good questions to ask and one other thing uh about the financial side especially if you're in the states be very careful because you're surrounded by um the mentality of keeping up with the joneses so even if you strive to make more money there you have to be consciously aware of when you make that more money to to not look at the the shiny new car and be like ooh, i have enough money to go pick that up if that's what you want to do fine but realize that wherever you are you'll still be there you know if you want to start traveling then then keep that in mind so that you can start saving and and you can take that money to to move somewhere else
1: yeah, uh, really good points. Actually, in my the latest episode of my other podcast, Invest Like a Boss, it was episode twenty three, and the whole episode was basically talking about that mentality of how to actually have money to to invest with. Uh, because I think a lot of people who love that the new new podcast are like, man, I found all these cool new investment vehicles or new like types of. Um, You know, of ways to invest, but I don't have any money to invest. How do you actually save money? And a big part of the episode was me explaining, you know, kind of growing up as Asian American, being frugal, and then being forced to live kind of a frugal lifestyle. When I first came to Thailand, I had this $600 a month budget. That's allowed me to have the mindset to say, okay, even though I'm making. A lot more money now. I can live off of a very basic lifestyle, and then I can actually take that money and buy assets versus buying liabilities.
0: Yeah, I man, I think that's very important. And um, yeah, it was a good idea to to create a new podcast about that because you know we are living in a world where where at this moment money does mean survival you know and if you're constantly worried about your money situation then within yourself it's a constant worry about your own survival and to live in that state is fucking shitty i'll tell you that i know it i've gone through it
1: yeah, I've been through that as well, and I think it's really easy for us now say like you have to do what you what matters in the world, and you know what you're passionate about, mm. and think you know long term future. Yeah. But I think when you when we're in that situation of not knowing how we can pay rent, mm. not having enough money, you know, for healthcare or if something happened, mm. um, you know, in, in some cases, not even being able to afford a plane ticket back home. Yeah. That's when you get a bit desperate, and we start thinking about today and about tomorrow instead of three months or two years from now
0: yeah i mean uh what comes to mind for me is uh, maslow's hierarchy of needs and at the very base is about survival and until you really establish that you can't move on and you can't really think about other things so that's why i was mentioning about being careful about you know the quote-unquote keeping up with the joneses because if you continue to increase your expenses every single month even though you're you do have the shiny new car or the nice brand new house you're still and you're still in a fucking rat race kind of traps because every month you're going to have to keep paying extra and extra which means that you're still st- stuck in the survival mode and you can't really move up so i'm right now i i have been able to clear that first stage and now i'm moving towards a stage where i actually want to help humanity in a way and for me it's it's to bring out more realness because i, I see ah, being being out here for three years and just seeing how people make money so how many fucking scams are out there is just incredible and and how people use a fear-based psychological trick to get you to buy stuff is ridiculous and i don't just see that here though it's not it's not just within our circle when you see it here and you understand it you see it everywhere C-
1: can you give us an example of that oh, i, I could think of think of one right now <laughs> so okay so it's not chay maya it's not the people of Chiang Mai. The only thing is we have access to people who will tell us what they're doing. Versus when you're back home and you're online and you go on, let's say um, one like one of those websites that have like funny memes, all right, For example, mm. um, I don't know what they're called. I don't even go on them anymore. But like someone shares something on Facebook, this funny meme. Mm. You go on the you go on the page. Mm. And to look at the funny thing, and you share, and it says like clicker to share, and you mm-hmm. share it on that page. Will be a bunch of thumbnails for other articles that are actually sponsored posts, and they'll say, <laughs> um, you know, like look, look how this woman made five thousand dollars playing online. Uh, I was thinking the same exact <laughs> what is you.
0: Um, it, it, there, it's a little spinoff to that because it, it'll be in. I just remember this one article, and uh, it's a fabricated article. It will show a picture of a crying man because he's so happy, and uh, it'll say he was last he was down to his last hundred dollars, and then this happened. You click the article, it goes in, and then it explains how you know uh, he was about to lose his house and his family and stuff like this, but he decided to join this online casino, and and uh, he signed up and he hit the jackpot and won sixty thousand dollars, and now. Um, he's up uh, you know he has money to pay off uh, the mortgage and keep the family etc and then every time someone actually clicks on that link to go to the online consi- casino some guy you never know where where he is he's somewhere is making like a hundred fifty 200 dollars off of you for you signing up because they know that um, people can lose up to fifty thousand dollars
1: in online gambling yeah uh, so here's the, here's what really bothers me about this is the fact that that people people like it's the two sides of it okay i think one is there are people who basically are just trying to make money online like they don't care about ethics or um morality they're like let's figure out what people want to hear what people like would want to share online and let's just kind of um tailor to them because people love stories where someone really was down in the last hundred dollars and then they they like figure out a way to actually get back on their feet and there are so many people there's so many you know experiences of people actually doing that i mean you are real life example of someone who was down to very little money and then worked his butt off figured out a way to work his butt off to make a lot of money
0: well i actually worked my ass off
1: yeah (laughs) and but you know so like that story is inspiring to people and this is what people that's why people are drawn to it that's why people click it and that's why people share it that's why people sign up for whatever they're talking about about is because they want that hope they're like you know what this is like you know this is a such an inspiring story you know i'm down to my last you know couple hundred bucks i have a family i want you know a way out and what really pisses me off about these they, they call them flogs fake blogs where you know these articles that people write that are completely fabricated is the fact that it tricks people into you know having false hope and following something that doesn't work yeah Yeah, absolutely, and you know, after being uh, around and
0: and seeing all this business models, I'm just fucking sick of it. You know, like like I was I was close to getting into one that I knew because of my story because of the lifestyle that I live I knew I could just fucking kill it and make a lot of money but I knew everybody who came in because of me they were all fucked they didn't have the skills to pull it off and I, I just couldn't do it and that's why like like I, I have been adamant and I'm i am just you know I'm, I'm ready to move on and I'm ready to make a business that I'm actually proud of you know yeah I like it
1: Um, what's crazy is I get offers from like these crazy MOM companies Mm. all the time and I know that if I wanted to sell out and I joined some fucking pyramid scheme you know and I was like hey guys you know like join my empowerment network you know whatever you know Uh, under me, and then you can get this, and then this, and this. I know for sure I would make a crap load of money from it. I know I would probably make like a hundred grand a month doing it for the first like I don't know however many months. Yeah, and then all these people will get freaking screwed because none of them will like because then the way that like a uh, MLM works is the people under you probably never gonna make anything. Yeah, and that's gonna screw everyone. Yeah. And then here's a here's a stupid way of thinking is then for the rest of my life everyone's gonna be like fuck this guy yeah. <laughs> you know he try to get me join some pyramid scheme mm. but and, and I think it's so easy for some people to have that scarcity mentality to be like oh I can make a hundred grand this month mm. yeah let me let me join this thing you know uh, so I think it's like a tough thing where in my mind the only there's only two ways to battle this Mm -hmm. if you want to make a difference one is to educate people so they're they don't fall for stupid crap Mm -hmm. but that's a bit hard because to be honest i really really believe that people who sign up for this stuff it's not because they're stupid it's because they are looking for that shortcut they're like oh you know click, you know, two clicks and I can make this much money or yeah. online gambling. Oh, you know, I have like, you know, I have this insight whatever. I honestly think people who fall for the this stuff, this, the you know, the so-called stupid people that fall for stuff, it's not because they themselves are stupid. It's because they trick themselves into falling for something because it's going to be easy or it seems like it'll be easy. And people don't want to do the work. I mean, that's that's a psychological trick that happens,
0: you know. And It's all around, people want the quick fix. There is no fucking quick fix. Figure that out already. For everything, for your health. There is no one pill that you can take to lose all that gut fat that you have. Fucking work it off, you know? Johnny, amazing transformation within a couple weeks. You know, he, he went binge eating somewhere. He came back. He knew he wanted to get healthy. Three, three fucking weeks later, he, he looks fucking fantastic.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. So that's actually an update if you guys are on my email list. When I came back from Europe. Four months of drinking beer eating pasta in italy and then be on a cruise ship it was like it was a buffet for pretty much 12 nights i gained so much weight i think i gained like more than 20 pounds like easily maybe like maybe even like like Probably close to like twenty kilos, which is like 30, 40 pounds. And I came back and I'm like, you know what? It's time, fucking, work. Uh, I sent out an email, kind of describing everything I'm gonna do. I'll probably do an update, but it's basically everything I knew that works. You know, eating healthy, not eating sugar, not eating you know processed you know foods, going out and exercising. I didn't, I didn't take any pills. I didn't take any. There's no quick fix. There's no like magic bullet. It was really just hard work. Yeah. But this is actually the the second point that I want I want to bring up is the f- so the, the first way is to educate people on not being lazy, not being, not looking for shortcuts. But the second way is actually offering them an alternative, because I think some people are so desperate, where they want to lose weight, you know, because they're sick of being fat or sick of being, uh, over, you know, overweight, sick of feeling, you know, bad and not having energy, or they're sick of being broke and they're like, fuck, I hate my job, I want to be able to, you know, replace my income, I want to make money online. I really think that because these other companies will never go away, like, like I, I, I don't think that's a possibility of these companies ever going away completely mm-hmm. they might change might evolve but that will always be out there so for us to combat it is really to give people an alternative and I think that's why it's so important uh, to share what actually works. Yeah, You know, whether it's a type of diet eating plan that may take a lot of work, a lot of effort, but really genuinely works. Mm-hmm. Or an exercise plan, you know, that, you know, requires real work. You know, it's not a two minute a day workout. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, you know, but really genuinely works. Or business that might take two months to set up and you're only making $500 a month, but it's a real $500 a month that you, you can get or an FBA business, which might also take two months and then, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, like $10,000 in inventory. And there's a risk, but it's a it's something that actually works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely right. Um,
0: I feel like those two points are valid education. People need to start understanding and again like you were saying some people don't well they're they 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 will learn the hard way but there are people out there who do want to learn whoever's on this podcast they're willing to learn you know and it's for you it's for i to teach them because we we've we've learned a lot um through all these different business models of what's actually going on and there's there's a lot of shady shit, and it's not just um around this community it's it's fucking everywhere we're living in a fucking fabricated world and I'm just tired of it. I'm sick of it. And my mission is to
1: create realness in this reality. I like it. You know, and, and it's actually, it's really cool that you bring that up because the whole world, especially on social media, really is fabricated. Mm. You know, like Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm trying to get in trouble for this, but like makeup, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, a slimming vest for men, you know, like fake six-pack airbrushing <laughs> or... um even just happiness, right? Yeah. Like all these things are fabricated online, but the trick is to be able to kind of see past it and say, okay, I know that there are these like overnight kind of uh, flashy gimmicks, but I also know there are legitimate ways to get that end result if that's something I want. Here's the foundation of um, what you
0: need to know. Businesses make money when they can solve problems. In reality, there's really not that many problems. So businesses will go out there and create problems for you so that you feel like you have a problem. Oh, you're ugly, wear this makeup. Oh. You're, uh, you're too fat. Take this pill. Oh, you are, uh, you're not in this social circle because you don't have this type of car. It's all fucking made up. And if you, if you can understand that on a deep level, then you kind of unlayered yourself from a certain matrix, a certain paradigm. And then when you free yourself from that, I'm telling you, it's very freeing when you first just rip that part off then you s- you're able to see the world in a whole different way
1: yeah i absolutely agree i think like when i go back to california uh, i see the things you know the, the fancy clothes fancy cars the you know the super nice ethan allen looking apartments or houses that my friends live in and on a on a level i do want it i'm like man that would be nice to have mm. you know but at the same time i think the difference is now i see it and i know i don't need it mm. so even if i would enjoy it i know even if i didn't have it it's Okay, you're absolutely right, you know, yeah. and and doesn't mean we wouldn't enjoy it because I think that's also lying to ourselves if you're we like, mm. Oh no, like I wouldn't enjoy driving a Ferrari, mm. hell yeah, you would if you've never, you know, like yeah. anyone who says they wouldn't enjoy driving Ferrari is either is either delusional, they're lying to themselves, mm. or they've never driven one before, they never thought it was an option, mm. you know. But do I need a Ferrari? No, mm. that doesn't mean that you know I can't have it set as a goal and say, You know what, if one day I have so much extra income that I can, I can, I can also have this just for the enjoyment even though i don't need it why not yeah yeah you, you made a really
0: good point there i think that kind of uh um completes that because no it, it's not like i'm i want to live in a cave you know i i do enjoy these things you know i would enjoy Ferrari. i, w- I would enjoy um driving around in tesla i i do like wearing suits from time to time and look good it's it's a matter of uh, it's a matter of more like inner self like how do i feel um if i didn't even have any of those you know do do i feel do i still feel completely without any of those you know in in the western society they make it they have created the world and shaped the mind to make you think that if you don't have these things then you are not worthy
1: of love you are not worthy of friendship it's fucking
0: horrible man and
1: (laughs) And i can guarantee you every single person listening this right now you're worthy of everyone's worthy of love everyone's worthy of friendship everyone's worthy of something and whether you know, it, it doesn't mean that you were worthy of love with someone who you know it looks like a supermodel and uh, is you know has traveled the world and ha- you know has six pack abs. If you yourself have never left your mom's basement or 200 pounds overweight and n- have never read a book, mm. but you are worthy of you know wherever you are, whoever you are right now, you are definitely worthy of love for someone who's a compatible partner. Mm. I also believe that if we want more from life that we can be better versions of ourselves and then we can be worthy of even more love or even more friendships or even more um you know more whatever you we want for me i don't think it's like of more love or more
0: friendship i think when you start to shed the extra fat or you start to to kind of release the need of of uh the sports cars and things like that you're you're sculpting yourself it's like all that extra fat and all that extra need that yeah, i want i want this i want that it's like this sucking energy that you're carrying around with you that's sucking your own energy that's sucking others other people energy and when you start to remove that then, then your true self is starting to unveil, and when you do that, then it's like y- things are just drawn to you.
1: You know, I, I I think that's a great way of putting it, and much better than the way I just put it, because I, I I think that the the material or the. Um I get the, the things on the facade, mm. things like money or status or even being in shape. You know, I, I think these are all superficial things yeah. that them by themselves don't actually mean anything, and those things aren't what gives you more in life or like better in life. It's the fact that it, it's almost like a like a token of I don't want to say success, but like a token of of you of, of you obtaining these goals or think think these things are important. So for example, um, when i hang out with like let's say i want to like i I meet someone at a networking event right it's not because a person makes x amount of money that i decide to become friends with them Mm. someone could technically be broke or have no money and i would still you know really want to hang out with them you know in a networking sense Mm. but the fact that let's say they they are financially successful also probably means that this person has the right mindset Mm -hmm. that they've read you know the right books uh they have uh you know like the the knowledge, the, the things that I'd want to attract—that mm. makes sense. No, it makes sense. Um,
0: I don't know what the exact quote of uh, Jim Rohn, but what he says is the point is is not to make the million dollars. The point is to to get yourself to a version of yourself that can actually get a million dollars. Because whoever the the process that it takes for you to get a million dollars ethically and
1: morally, your character is just amazing. Yeah, I can definitely see that, and I think uh, me and Nick actually talked about this in one of the last uh, episodes where it's m- money is kind of just like a, a repre- it's like a, a representation of success. It doesn't mean by having more money you're successful but it is a very easy way to kind of keep track of your success and i think the same thing with like let's say you even being in shape it's not necessary that i want i only want to be you know friends with people or only date people who are in shape be, just because of that the fact is if someone let's say is a fat slob they probably you know and they like let's say someone is 40 pounds obese or you know like i was <laughs> to, like a month ago yeah. or a couple months ago i don't want to hang out with that guy because I'm like that. This person doesn't care about their health. Uh, they're probably not very motivated. They probably can't just, you know, they probably don't have the willpower to follow a simple, um, like a, a simple diet or exercise plan. Mm-hmm. They don't care about themselves enough to, you know, to take care of themselves. Mm. Um, they, you know, or they don't value it. Mm. I don't like, and and if I'm the type of person who wants to be the best version I can be, mm. to be the healthiest, have the most energy, to look, you know, to look the best and feel the best for myself, mm. I don't want to be with someone who that that doesn't care about the stuff, or sadly, even someone who can't achieve that because you want to run with the pack, you want to run with other cheetahs that can keep up.
0: And to that point, I do agree with you. Um, it's, you know, for, for myself, I want to get in the best shape possible. I want to be able to create wealth for myself. I want to be healthy. I want to be able to attract um, the woman that I want into my life. One thing I would I would be um, cautious about is not everything is external though, because those things like the, the financial success, you can calculate that the, the woman, you can see the beauty and you can see um, what she looks like. Even health wise, you can see the six pack, you can see the muscles, but you can also see out there, there's a bunch of egotistical fucking dickheads out there who have six packs, who has a shitload of money, who has a Ferraris, right? So, so I feel like there is the, outer success, and then there's also the inner success.
1: I 100% agree with that, and I think even though it's very easy for us to measure things on the external, Mm. because it's there, you can see it, Mm. I think when it comes down to it, if I met someone at a networking event that was super successful or Rich, but they were a douchebag, or they didn't seem trustworthy, I would not want to hang out with them at all. Uh, But definitely, I would say it's hard to describe that, right? it that's a thing it's it's not quantifiable
0: right and when you when you go more talking about the inner this this is a this is an awareness that most people have not really explored for me i almost feel like i i Naturally, grew up with this. I uh, maybe it was because I had this very intense eczema all around my body, so I was very aware of what was happening inside. Um, but it's it's just a feeling that you get from people, and people can call this vibes. People, you know, usually people say, "Oh, that ha- that guy has bad vibes," or "That guy has good vibes," and it's not very quantifiable, but but people are able to sense it.
1: Yeah, and I'm very good at sensing it. Mm. I would say. I'm a little bit too too quick to judge or too quick to read people mm. because when I f- meet someone for the first like two seconds, I already make up my mind if I want to be friends with them or not, mm. even before they really open their mouth about anything. Like mm. after that first sentence, and I I think it's a pro and a con. Where mm. one of the positives is I don't waste time with people that I'm not going to connect with, mm. uh, that people that you know I don't want to you know that isn't on that I I don't you know feel like is going to be a value to my life or my 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 friend you know or my. Friend Friendship, mm. but at the same time, sometimes I'm wrong. You know, yeah. sometimes like it takes t- you know some time to get to know someone. Someone someone might just be super shy, yeah. you know, and, or they're nervous, or they're you know whatever it is, mm. and it's very unfair. And I might be losing out on some great friendships by just judging people too quickly.
0: Yeah, I, I I'll give you an example of uh, just yesterday. Uh, There's a guy here in Chiang Mai, and um, uh, I might even do a video or something with him. But at first, he was reaching out to me, and I could tell that, you know, he was trying to be cool. He was like, hey, bro, Slice, how you doing, homie G? Not exactly those words, but it was very similar to that. And for me, I didn't want to hang out with that because it takes effort for me to filter out all that bullshit. And I, I'm already spending a lot of time, you know, creating my own goodness within my realm. And for, for me to like have to deal with that, it's, it's just too much work. So I, uh, he reached out to me three, four times like that. And I just said, no, 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 I'm busy. I can't do it. But then he wrote something that was actually authentic. He was like, you know what? I really feel true. Uh, I really feel that we can connect. I really f- feel that um, I don't know. I, it. It. I. I felt that it came from a genuine place, and because of that, I decided to give him a shot. And um, we met up, and he's actually a really cool guy, you know. And I. I. I broke that barrier of superficiality with him by. It was almost within a minute. I said, "Hey, the reason why it took me so long was because I saw all this bullshit, and because I said that." Honestly, he accepted it and he was like, yeah, I know. And then he opened up and he was actually him. And when he was actually him, I enjoyed being with him.
1: You know, I'm really happy that you did that and really good on you for being honest and, you know, telling someone something that may hurt them instead of just kind of ignoring them or um, not giving them the guidance. Mm. I'm glad there are people like you out there because I don't want to take that all that responsibility myself. <laughs> I honestly like I think at this point I'm so busy and I've I already have enough friends where <clears throat> I don't want to be that coach or I don't want to be the person to to change someone. Mm. I want them to figure it out. You know, I don't want to say figure it out themselves because mm. sometimes it's really hard to just figure it out yourself. Yeah. But there's enough tools out there. There's enough. Um, there's, you know, enough podcasts, books, mm. YouTube videos, and people like you who are willing to take their time and energy to to kind of guide people or to, like, help nurture them. That eventually, when they do become authentic or they do become a genuine uh, abundance mindset, mm. you know, high value giving mm. person, then when I see them again a year or two from now, then we'll be friends.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was great to uh, see that transformation because um even after that uh you know he, he started to reach out to other people authentically and then um you know i was home at night i was about to go to sleep and then he just sent me um the text of of the people responding and it was just like really good actual uh connections happening i'm just like awesome that's great you know and for me i feel like that's what i want to do is uh like i said to bring back the realness back into reality because right now you know we're living in super fast times with facebook and everything you can get connected with people very easily but it's also typically a very superficial connection and we forgot how to actually uh heart to hearts be with someone you know i like it so do you have ideas for what your next project or your next plan is um i have some ideas right now um I'm not sure if I want to just launch it right now. Uh, there's definitely a possibility. I am going to Nepal. I'm not sure what the internet is like over there. But uh, the ideas are starting to accumulate. And when I'm ready, yeah.
1: Okay, cool. On. So if you want to keep in touch with you, uh, what's the best way? Um,
0: you know what? If you want to keep in touch with me right now, um, I'm not on that many uh, social media stuff, but you can add me on Facebook, uh, Stephen Ye, Johnny. You can you can po- post a link or something. Uh, add me as a friend. Um, I don't know how many will be out there, but do it anyways, and uh, we'll stay connected there. And whenever I'm actually ready to, um, you know, launch what what is in my vision, I'll do that. You'll be connected with me on Facebook, and then you can see it from there. That's pretty cool.
1: Uh, we'll make. Sure sure we have a link to your, your personal facebook uh do not add me as a friend <laughs> if i haven't met you in person uh you can add my my business page johnny fdk but my personal facebook i kind of reserve it for people i've met in person already mm-hmm. um yeah. but I, I think that's cool that you kind of share so openly cool awesome thank you Johnny. hey thanks for being on the show and uh thanks everyone for listening to travel like a boss keep those iTunes ratings coming because that is the way that the show kind of gets gets more well known more uh more spread and reaches more ears of people just like you so hopefully we'll see you out here in chiang mai and if not keep listening and keep subscribed bye-bye thank you for listening to the travel like a boss podcast if you want to hear more including the bonus how to choose the perfect niche episode join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week, and remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today, and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.